0: Welcome to Cinema Spectator, a show where an expert and a casual movie fan watch movies in the cinematic canon. Today's film is Top Gun Maverick, directed by Joseph Kaczynski, starring Tom Cruise and Miles Teller. My name is Cameron Tuttle, and I'm joined with Isaac Ransom. Isaac, how are you doing?
1: I'm tired. Right?
0: <laughs> too much fun yesterday? Too much <laughs> oh, Super Bowling?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, too much Super Bowl fun. Yeah, mm. no, no, no. I'm, um, I, I am tired, but I'm also like... Like, have you ever been in that, like, wow, I have so much to do, and you're doing a lot, and you're exhausted from it, but you also were smart with the caffeine drip. That's all I want to say. Today, I, like, I knew the windows to fuel up. So, like, I'm going, (laughs) man. Like, work all day, extra work after work, and then the podcast, and more work after this. So, uh, I'm, like, doing kind of a burnout Monday,
0: Mm. and
1: tomorrow I'll probably be upset at myself for doing that. But
0: see, I uh, always... Here's here's my thing. I always like to you know, I don't know my schedule usually the next day, um, until kind of afternoon ish. But I always love getting that uh, that email saying like this is your time and it's like later, you know, it's not like like you got to be there at 7 a.m. or whatever, you know? Right. And I, I love that because, the, and I'm like, ah, I can have another coffee. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have to worry about <laughs> falling asleep, you know? So that's that's my favorite. <laughs> I
1: hate the perpetual cycle of, like, being concerned that you're not, like, I've been in this this state of, like, I'm not getting enough rest, and then when I am resting, it feels stressful because I'm like, am I actually recharging or am I just like melting my brain or something? Like, it's like this weird, like OCD thing. I'm almost certain I have some weird level of OCD. Mm. Like Mm. even when it's, it's, it's strange. And I think you'll understand this Cameron, especially because I know you're addicted to some weird, you know, (laughs) capitalist simulator or whatever. Like when I relax, and I play video games, I'm still, like, accomplishing something. Yeah, I, or at least sure. my brain thinks for that sure. I'm getting something done, even though I'm not, you know? Well, the, but it's yeah.
0: Like, th- isn't that the whole point of video games, though? Is, yeah, is, you're
1: like, okay, I'm achieving, or I'm <laughs> checking off these boxes, or I'm unlocking these things, I'm doing something, right? Yeah. Uh, and if, for, if I don't have that feeling, then I'm like, well... I don't think this is really worth it. And I'll like kind of switch to something. I'm like, I might have an issue, you know, <laughs> uh, <laughs> there might be something seriously wrong with me. So I do want to say, um, you know, just, I guess to be a little more on topic with this, with this episode, uh, this movie was a real treat. Cause I got, I was able mm. to, for some reason, shut off my brain uh, and just kind of, Take It All In. I feel like uh, this is
0: the perfect movie to do that.
1: You know? Oh, yeah, just... yeah. And and we'll get into that. But I want to ask you, Cameron, <laughs> how are you doing? Because uh, that was kind of a dramatic answer. But... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm doing good.
0: Um, I just got back from skiing. I uh, am kind of in, like, end of, end of vacation mode, you know? So today I spent a lot of today, like, getting ready for the week and you know, getting everything set up and just doing my doing my routine before going back to work. So um it's been it's been good. I I will say we got that giant storm a couple weeks ago and it dumped a ton of snow in Tahoe. And so the skiing was just fantastic. It was so good. Um so but all kind of happy
1: to be back. Not really, but kind of. <laughs> i'm glad you're back cameron i'm glad you're back and i do want to say uh juzo and i had a really good episode last Mm. week i think um good movie recommendation to dive into uh we're talking about 2022 films that's why we're talking about stuff that's relevant for once on this show instead of you know ancient history (laughs) like we normally do (laughs) um no, but I just wanted to say I we we had this conversation. I was trying to give a good example of uh, of it was like we were talking about like wisdom or like outlook on life, and I taught I was talking to Juzo about you, and I was like, oh yeah, like I've seen Cameron change from being like uh, we were talking about something really weird where I was like, oh like wisdom without you know, like some kind of hope is very cynical and that's what you were. And I felt like, I was I was like, I feel like as Cameron's got older, he's gotten a lot more like, like fun wisdom where he's like, he's, you know, enjoying life. He's grateful and looking around a little bit more, you know, mm, mm. Um, and I just wanted to say, that to your face instead of saying it on a show where you never got to hear it. Um, <laughs> not that it's overly <laughs> important, but uh, glad I'm glad you're back. I know maybe you're not, but I'm glad you're back. Um. <laughs>
0: I I didn't I didn't necessarily mean on this show, but you know that was that was kind of included. You know, I'm I'm almost glad that I'm
1: back from vacation. So, <laughs> <laughs> I I I was telling you the other day when when I saw you. Um, like how when we were younger you never like like I I felt like I had this annoying energy where I was bugging you to hang out all the time (laughs) and it was always like no I can't. Um and I we had an interaction recently uh that way where I was like hey you want to like catch up earlier because you're in town and you're like no I can't and um yeah it just (laughs) I don't know. I uh I was telling Jules the other day too Um, I think I've just been sentimental about you lately, Cameron, maybe (laughs) you're just gone for one week and I've been crying or something. I don't know. Um, but, uh, (laughs) I was like, I was like, I feel like the second I met Cameron as a friend, I liked him right away. (laughs) <laughs> and the second Cameron met me, he wasn't quite sure. <laughs>
0: well, I mean? It's funny because I I don't know why you would like me right away. <laughs> I, don't I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know either. I don't know either. I'm not sorry.
1: I'm not sure why there was that draw, but um, here we are. You know, now many many years later. I'm glad you didn't break your spine skiing or something. So, oh no, uh, no! Thanks for being back. What have you been <laughs> watching, Cameron? <laughs> Let's see. Um,
0: so I've been watching the last of us. Um, and I guess that's kind of it. I did. We did finish the, the white Lotus, me and Kiana. Um, so that was pretty good. I liked this latest season. Um, it kind of won me over. It is very much like a highest, highest end, uh, soap opera. Um, but in kind of in the best terms possible, I guess, uh, so there's, it's mostly drama, and it's mostly like, you know, people talking and that kind of thing. Um, so it's not, it's not ultra interesting, but it is just enjoyable. It's a good ride, um, and I like, I like some of the things that it does, and it's funny too. It's a good, it's a good series. It's a little self aware, I think. Um, but then that's kind of it. Yeah, just The Last of Us, which I've been really loving. Um, yeah, can't recommend it enough, even for people who are kind of, um, you know, horror adjacent, uh, as in they don't like horror that much, but they kind of like, like stranger things or that kind of thing where it's like not quite scary, but it's like a little spooky. I think this is a great show. Um, and you know, I mean, the source of material is obviously really excellent too, but for people who don't want to. Um, access it in that way this is a great alternative and I would say um, totally worthwhile watching so
1: yeah I've, I've been watching the show with Jules too and I think episode 5 has its fair share of depression soaking <laughs> in it especially sure, with yeah. its conclusion but I do think it is a great representation of the game uh, if you don't want to play the game definitely watch the show if you played the game Definitely watch the show, I think. Now, I'm
0: curious what you think about this, because I was I was having a conversation with some of my roommates, and um, they were saying that they don't think this first season is going to cover the whole game. Now, I'm not so sure about that. I think it might
1: do it. Do you think so? I think it can get there. Yeah, um, that's what I was saying. I don't don't actually remember like i know the plot points i don't remember like how they all fall together like for instance the character relationships and drama that plays out in episode five like as soon as the characters were introduced i was like i remember them but i couldn't remember at all what happened to them and so i think that's what made the episode really enjoyable because i was like Oh yeah, like I remember like some of this stuff being talked about. I what happens? And then, you know, uh the conclusion is quite dramatic. And I remember sitting back being like, that's right, the game is awesome. Yeah. You know, like yeah, I forgot. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Um so there are a few other character clashes that I can remember um that come forward. I think there's one very notable that uh I'm glad it's an HBO show for. I think it's gonna mm. like I think people are going to be kind of shocked the direction it goes in some cases. Yeah. Um, and I think the end of the game also has, like, like if they do the end of the game in one episode, I would love it. Mm. I, I would love if it wasn't, like, a two-part finale. Yeah. Because yeah. I do think the, the beats of the game's story, like, allow it to be kind of this consumable, like... Like kind of one and done adventure per episode. That's is still connected by, you know, Ellie and Joel's journey, right? Um, and that's how it felt to play the game because you don't sit and play the game in one sitting, you right? Know? Right. Yeah. Right. That's true. Like so, you kind of like resume this journey. You get pulled in. There's this dramatic experience. And then you're like, wow, all of that happened. I'm gonna put it down. And the next night, you play it again, and you kind of get that. Um, I actually think the show's pacing does more credit to the game, or like to the to the game's story uh, than the game does, because the game focuses on the gameplay, right? Like if you're if you can't care about the game design and the exciting part of the combat, right? Which I think the Last of Us combat and the gameplay is like amazing, yeah. Right? The show gets rid of all that. And just beelines the story, and it really actually makes the story better. Uh, like, like it, it makes you appreciate it more than like experiencing those beats and then getting right back into the gameplay. Which, as a gamer, I'm like, wow, this is this is really fun because I enjoy that aspect. But if you didn't, maybe you'd be like, I just want to see what happens next. Mm-hmm. Which I had that feeling when I was playing God of War, which also has great combat, but there was something about the story that I was like, I just want to see what happens next. I don't. I would rather like, as much as I like the gameplay, I had this urgency to see what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, And God of War is another PlayStation exclusive. That's why I brought it up. So, um, yeah, yeah. I I think they'll cover it all in the first season. I think the second season is where the show might deviate (laughs) and have some interesting directions because the second game is written in this sort of method that is unique to the gaming medium. Um, and I do think it would be interesting if they resumed part one, like chronologically instead of like,
0: yeah, well, I I'm curious, obviously no spoilers on how it goes, but I'm curious how they're going to handle the second game. Um, and I'm wondering if they're going to deviate completely, or if they're going to stick to the script. And obviously, um, you know, Druckmann being very involved and kind of this being his main thing right now, um, I think it's probably more likely that it's going to stick towards the game. I yeah. love that story, and I think I think the second game is fantastic. I have no qualms about the direction that I, that it went, even though many, many fans were upset about it, um, and didn't like kind of, kind of how it, how it went. Um, I think it's, I'm curious to see how fans of the show are going to take the second <laughs> season as well, if that makes sense. Um, cause that's a hard, uh, it's a hard, it's a hard It's a hard story, for sure.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I do think that the second game will have a better reception on TV if they do it right Mm -hmm. because of the way that it's designed. The second... I feel like, without getting into spoilers, the second game has a cast. Like a big cast. Yes. You know? Yeah. Uh, And I think it will lean into more of, like, a Game of Thrones feel for a TV, Um which, the, like, the first game, it's like you're kind of just following two characters. Yeah, The second game, it feels like there's this group of characters. You get to see them all interact and live in a world that um, you were just kind of exposed to in the first game. So I do think that there is, there is like, a lot of room for excitement, What's weird about the second game is that it jumps ahead in time, yeah, um, and and then it reflects on the past, connecting it to the first game, which I don't think is. I mean, I'm sorry if that is a spoiler, but what I'm what I I think what a lot of fans of the game are asking is like, well, are they going to do that jump or are they going to continue the story, kind of the way that some people wanted uh, the first game, yeah. To to lead into the second game, so we'll see. Um, was that? Do you think I gave away too no, much? No, no, camera? no. I think that was totally vague. Yeah. Um. Anyways, yeah, I haven't been watching anything else besides Top Gun and or not not Top Gun. Uh, yeah. Well, Top Gun, uh, The Last of Us, and then um, I've been watching SpongeBob, and this came about because uh. Jules after the the fifth episode, the last one, she was like, "This that was so depressing. Like, we need to watch something like, like so dumb." Mm. And so we started watching like SpongeBob season two and three. Yeah, it's just a, it's like, it's a great show. It really. Is. I just want to say really that. Is. Um It's, I, I, it's got a lot of heart, and I don't know. Maybe I'm just nostalgic, but rewatching it as an adult i'm like this this is like still making me laugh like <laughs> as a full grown human you know yeah. like i'm just kind of surprised like how ahead of its time it feels in some ways even with its humor like leaning into a little bit of that like tim and eric like kind of what on earth is going on right now like in the middle of it um yeah i think it kind of laid the groundwork for even some of the success that I think adult swim had or other, other great animated shows on different networks.
0: And I uh, think has set the tone for a lot of the humor of, of our generation
1: Oh, in some good and some bad ways. (laughs) Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Totally agree. Um, yeah. So other than that, nothing besides this movie, um, which we can get into, but if you enjoy the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash ecfsproductions, throw a couple dollars our way, get some exclusive benefits right into the show, uh, which none of our patrons do, so if you do <laughs> write in, you will be read on air. Uh, we do still check the patrons, so to our patrons... We love you. We appreciate you. If you don't have a few dollars, it's all good. Just listening to the show helps our small production. We appreciate you being here. We appreciate your time. If you want to give a rating or share, all that stuff helps our our show grow. And Cameron, it's time to get into Top Gun Maverick. I seem to be the last person on earth who hasn't seen this movie. Yeah, I think so. Uh, well, and this, what's interesting this about... This my, my first viewing. So. Yeah,
0: what, I was going to say what's interesting about this one was... Um, you know these past couple of years have been really weird for films obviously not a lot has been um not a lot of huge things have come out in the past couple of years there's been some marvel stuff there's been some um you know obviously tenet was one that came out like right in the middle of the <laughs> of the pandemic uh which was was cool i guess um it got me to go back to the theaters but this one was, I think, one of the first movies that really commanded a humongous box office um, return. And I think so many people saw it. It did over a billion in uh, in gross um, and was just a massive, massive success. And it was one of those movies. Remember, um, uh, do you remember when Parasite came out in 2019 where it was like, people who, at least for me, I don't know if it was like it for you, but pe- people were talking about that movie everywhere. And it wasn't just like the weird film nerds who like Bong Joon-ho who were talking about it. It was like my coworkers and stuff who were like, oh, did you see Parasite? And I'm like, this is so weird. You know, like like everybody's trying to see this movie. Um, and that was kind of how I felt about, about this movie was, you know, I don't know when I, when, when I think of like Tom Cruise action movies, when I think of like mission impossible and that kind of thing, there's a select group of people who, who really like those movies who go and see them. Um, but it's kind of like every other franchise where it's like, Oh, you know, uh, did you see the fast and furious movie? And like, you know, maybe one out of every five person you talk to has seen it. Um, but this movie, it was like everybody had seen it. My grandma, my mom, my like everybody had seen this movie, and I was I was a little shocked when it came out. Um, and I think it's been in the conversation for such a long time. Uh, like this whole past year, everybody talked about this movie. Um, and one of the reasons, uh, and I guess we'll get into to some like, story things and some, you know, whatever else. But one of the reasons, I think, is what you kind of mentioned early on is the fact that this is a movie that you can just completely um, enjoy with no pretensions, no expectations. Um, you don't even have to watch the first Top Gun. There's no work required in this, in this viewing. It's just um, a thrill ride kind of all the way through, which is... Kind of something that's been lacking in in a lot of movies, even the movies that are kind of supposed to be designed like that, like Marvel movies or like all of those things. You know, when you when you saw the first Avengers movie, that was kind of like that too, where you know you get these superheroes, you don't have to necessarily know about them before going into it. Um, they might have had their own movies or might not have. They might be new characters. But they come together and there's kind of an excitement uh, about that and you watch it and, you know, everybody's first viewing of, of the Avengers was like, oh man, that was like so awesome. But now, like 10 years later or whatever, there's no... You have to have, like, there's, like, so much lore. You have to go through all the movies. You have to be like, oh, who's this dumb side character that I'm supposed to care about? Oh, why are they fighting again? Why don't they like each? You know what I mean? So, like, there's so much work Mm. that goes into watching a movie that should just be easy viewing (laughs) and just enjoyable. Right, right. And this movie, I think, cuts around that for the first time since, um, I mean, in a long time that I've seen. Um, and it really was kind of maybe the me, I I don't want to put a stamp on it like that, but it really was the, it's the first blockbuster that I've seen in a really long time. And it's the first, it might be the last one, (laughs) Hmm. um, which I'm a little scared of, but it might be, I I don't want to put it. Uh, I don't want to put that as my prediction now, but um, I don't know that we're going to get a whole lot of movies like this um, anymore. But maybe, maybe because it's success. Who knows?
1: Yeah, yeah. There's definitely something nostalgic about this film. I want to go out of my way to say I've never seen the original. Um, So I walked in kind of with that perspective that might be a little bit different my dad absolutely loved this movie obviously the original came out in his era and he said to me this movie you don't need to see the original although the first one is good for context and then he was like but that movie was like better than the original one ever could have been you know um and so i had some pretty high expectations walking in to, to watch this film and I think you're right. Like I think it's just one of those blockbuster films that um it it I think what makes it really so significant is that you can watch it with the Fast and Furious mind. Um where you're lean back, you don't really need to know what's going on, um, and you can still sort of be in awe of what you're watching. Um something about the way that it's put together and and shot, and it does it does feel huge. It constantly switches aspect ratios in order yeah. to, you know, kind of wow you with the spectacle of what's going on. And I also want to say I don't have any sort of like love for aircrafts or anything like that. I know some people are like, oh, you know, I know the F-15 or the F-14 or the F-16. Like, I had a model as a kid, and I remember I learned a little bit about them, but I was like, Eh, you know like it's not my my thing i'd rather know every star wars ship or whatever yeah yeah (laughs) like yeah yeah. um it wasn't it wasn't like it it wasn't something that like majorly excited me um but what i found that was even more impressive about this film is that you could lean back and not pay attention and have a good time but every time that you like lean forward and tried to like find something to like about this movie whether it's the cinematography or the writing and everything like that, I think that there's something that can be credited to value there. Even if it's not the most deep thing you've ever, you know, seen the performances between, you know, Tom Cruise and his love interests, right? You're like, well, it's not deep, but there's something like there's something that is, that is like drawing me in more. And I think, they're acting really well or um, the small well I guess I guess maybe we should clarify too like we are going to spoil this movie yes uh, though <laughs> I do I don't know that, that
0: it's that important to be honest yeah <laughs> but I yeah, yeah. I don't. I will say, like, th- there's nothing major that happens. Like, it's not. It's not a huge deal. Basically, <laughs> like, they all win at the end. It's everything's good. A okay. You know, it's a fun. It's a fun time the whole time. There's not really any like huge story <laughs> that you have to follow or anything like that. So, I think the fun of it. It's like it's kind of like spoiling like a roller coaster a little bit. Um, yeah, where yeah. it's like. You know, obviously, it's kind of fun to go in blind, but that's not really the point. The point is to go on the ride, you know, and and to just enjoy it for yourself. So, whatever, it doesn't really matter if it's spoiled for you. I don't think I don't think you're gonna lose anything out from it. But that's just my hot yeah
1: tip. yeah. I I think like I like the roller coaster analogy with it because there's there's a very famous roller coaster um, in the Bay Area on the coast in this town called Santa Cruz which I I love Santa Cruz I think it's like a very interesting place uh, if you've seen the movie us that's where it <laughs> takes place so you've so you've probably seen the roller coaster in that yeah. movie actually I think it is in that movie right um, they don't go on it but uh, it's called the Big Dipper. It's this old wooden thing, and it does no loops. It's just kind of a circle with hills. Um, and every time you go on it, you're like, this is pretty fun. There's like kind of that retro feel with it where you're like, it might fall apart. I might die. <laughs> I was um, always so scared all- of that coaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but it's also like, you know, it's really nothing too wild, you know? Um, and... Yet, it is still like, I, I to me, I think it's like one of my favorite roller coasters ever. Um, it's simple, it's it's easy to approach, and it's kind of got like this historical nostalgia with it. And I think that's kind of what this movie is. Um, it doesn't do any sort of innovative gimmick or something really unique like a Disney, Disneyland roller coaster would. Um, but I don't know anybody that like hates on the big dipper, you know, (laughs) like, is there really someone out there that's like, I didn't like the big dipper. It's like, if you're in Santa Cruz and it's your first time there, like you're going to ride it, you know, like it's such an iconic, like centerpiece. Right. Um, and I feel like this film just kind of has that draw of being very easy to approach, easy to watch, easy to appreciate. Uh, just because of the spectacle side and yeah, like to be honest, like I don't think there is too much to say about this movie um, minus like kind of cross comparing it to movies. Like we mentioned like fast and furious, like why is this one so much more universally liked? Like what, what distinguishes it differently. And I think kind of what I was getting at with before, like saying, are we spoiling this movie is there are those, those like things that if you look for them, you'll find like this incredible quality. You don't really see that with anything with like an action movie, like um, the fast and furious, right? Um, you can find something similar to this movie within Mad Max, but Mad Max is a little out there, right? Yeah. Like, your grandma is not going to watch Mad Max. <laughs> She's going to think it's demonic, sure. right? Um. So, yeah, I just... Uh, I think that is kind of the most interesting conversation with this film, is, like, where where it succeeds and how it's able to pull off, like, such a, like, universal enjoyment. um, And then kind of comparing that and saying, like, what can modern movies do to like capitalize on the strengths of this movie's like success and what it, what it did. So Cameron, let's kind of, before getting into that, like comparison conversation, like let's keep riffing on what, what you loved about this movie and why you want to talk about it for 2020. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, for me, um, like I said, I, I think you brought up something kind of interesting about sort of the nostalgia of this movie. Um, and this is kind of, a. (sighs) Um, in some ways, it's a little bittersweet uh, watching this movie, and I already mentioned how I I'm I kind of think that this is maybe like one of the last movies like it, um, because people like Brockheimer, people who are kind of from this era of like making just classic '80s Hollywood movies, um, not only are they going out of style, um, but they're you know they're getting older and they're kind of moving on, and so I. In my mind, this captures the appeal and the essence of a movie like Die Hard or a movie like the original Top Gun, where or like we we watch Predator, uh, not for the show but for you know at your bachelor party. Um, Oh yeah, oh yeah. And we, you know, uh, what makes that movie so good? It's not really a deep movie in, (laughs) in any real sense, you know, it's not, it's not saying something profound. Um, maybe you can look for certain things here and there. And there are some interesting things about, uh you know stripping down to your bare humanity and you know fighting your way out and stuff. But but that's all kind of read into to to the to the, to the what's really happening, which is you want to watch Arnold Schwarzenegger, you know, fight this monster and that's cool. You know, and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Basically anything leading up to it. It's just a good fun time. And for me, like I don't think movies like this are I think they are what audiences are looking for, but they're definitely not what like critics are looking for really. Sure. And I think, I think yeah. it's because of what we're just talking about right now, which is like, we don't have that much to say about this movie. That's uh, other than it's really good. Go watch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we don't have, we. there's nothing. There's, I don't want to say there's nothing substantive there, but in order to, to expound on something, like this. Um, it, uh, uh, you know, it's not really a movie for that. And so it's not really a movie for critics. It's kind of a movie for um, the audiences. I was going to say everybody but critics, but that's not really even true. Like, I'm sure most of the critics had a good time too. You know, they just kind of had to, had to nitpick about certain things or had to to go, you know, deeper into into certain areas because that's kind of their job. But for the most part, I think audiences came away being like, "Wow, that was awesome. You know, that was such a good time. I I'm in love with that movie." I can't really say why other than it was just so much fun. And I think the Um, for me, that evokes the same feeling that I feel from a Die Hard, from a Predator. Um, even, yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like there's something, um, there's something about that era of the 80s that this is hearkening back to, not just in the filmmaking style and kind of the, the really contrasty colors and the kind of, um, Wa- a little bit washed out tones and you know just the and obviously the synth plays a lot into that and you know all of that st- stuff but it's it's trying to evoke that sense of what was an action blockbuster in the 80s what made that work and it was a star um uh, lots of action sequences and then some sort of, through line that um you know the plot kind of maybe like an underdog hero story or or you know an achieving achieving the impossible story you know something that is going to get everybody on board rooting for your main character and getting to that goal that seems impossible at the beginning um and sort of having everybody standing at their feet at the end, you know, cheering for, <laughs> for Maverick and, and Rooster, you know what I mean? Like there's something very wholesome about that, but also it's lacking, I think, in a lot of modern movies, maybe all modern movies. I don't think there is, um, I, you know, I'm struggling to, to think of an example of a movie that is really like that without any of this sort of cynicism of modern filmmaking or any of the, um, you know, quippy one liners or the quippy sort of uh, Star Wars Marvel dialogue, you know, that kind of thing. Like there, there's really something.
1: Wow, did that really just happen? Yeah, exa- like, exactly. Exactly. 100%. just like the worst. But
0: but but you know what I mean? Like that's a very modern way of making a, an action movie. And this is a yeah,
1: very Yeah, they're they're writing they're writing the script like it's a vine from 2012. Yeah, like, and this
0: is a very just, uh 80s way of making an action movie. And I think people sure. loved that. I think people were totally hungry for that. And Sick of the sort of, I'm a, you know, I'm a fun, quirky character and I'm your action hero. I look at the camera. You know what I mean? I think people are really a little bit tired of that sort of Marvel, Star Wars way of thinking about things or of. But
1: I do, I do want to say, right? Like some of Marvel's most like, the, the phase, sorry, I cut off my own thought. The phase of Marvel that I think was the most successful harkens back to so much of what the 80s did right with the underdog story. Um, I think the difference is that there's a little bit more of like a negative, like loser connotation um, with the heroes that become something great. You know, you think about someone like Tony Stark who's flawed as a weapons dealer, And the experience he goes through of, like, basically getting kicked in the nuts. Same with Thor. Captain America is actually a good guy, but, like, he's just always been, like, small and beat up. And so you have that kind of, like, rooting for the underdog feeling that was at the beginning of what Marvel was doing. Um, And those are the characters that people absolutely loved. Yeah. Right? But you take those stories and you kind of push them you can't do the underdog story forever right um that's why by iron man three he's not really an underdog you know sure it doesn't really make sense when you are the richest man alive also one of the smartest men alive and now one of the most powerful men alive like what what really more of an underdog can you be and so every iron man movie is like oh we need to take away all of his suits (laughs) or we need to we need to give him some sort of disease so you can feel bad for him right as an underdog, right? I think what's interesting about these '80s movies is that the characters are underdogs due to their situation, not necessarily they like, like they're necessarily their their core. They're in, they're always in over their heads in their situa- in the situation, yeah. but they're always c- and competent it, in what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like recently I watched Rush Hour 1 because it was on, um, it was on Netflix. I had only seen the second one. I had never seen the first one. I saw the first one on, our, on the bachelor party and then I watched it right. again recently after that. And I was like, this movie is great. Like this movie is like really fun, but it's two very competent um, characters who then like are really in over their heads by the end with everybody being like, get out of here, you know? um same with die hard which i saw recently as well where john mcclain is like he is pretty like powerful from the beginning you know like he has this presence he's a new york uh cop he's very strong from the beginning but the situation that he gets put in is like very much you know outside of his control right
0: yeah and he's running around with Um, no shoes you know and he's Right. There's something right. very vulnerable about him, even though he is competent, you know.
1: And I think what I didn't expect from this movie and why it feels kind of nostalgic of the 80s is that, um, like, Tom Cruise's character is like, everyone's like, well, he's the best, like, ever, but nobody really, like, they're still, they say he's great, but there's no respect for him from right. anyone, Right. No one really respects him. And I think that, like, there's just... I don't know. It's really great, like, to see his character kind of have to face the reality that he's older, face the reality that, like, um, he's still... He's, like, still trying to prove himself and stuff. I, I don't know. Something just clicks and works. It feels like a lot of the hero the hero like characters in movies now are either like I'm funny and that's why like I have this charisma, but there's never like this sense of like true vulnerability Mm -hmm. with a character like Vin Diesel, who's like strong and awesome and fast and furious. Right. You're like, I like Vin Diesel. Like he's, you know, you watch those movies you are like, I, I root for his character, but you're, there's never a concern. There's no vulnerability. Like, even though he is strong. Right. Um, And I think that's what some of these old movies have is it's like, you know, like, everybody's going to be okay and that there's going to be, like, this conclusion that happens, right? Um, But for some reason, those old 80s movies are able, and this movie as well, they're able to infuse enough, like, concern for the character that actually have you buy in more. And I... It does feel like that's missing from like modern action movies. Yeah, there's right?
0: no danger in any of these action. Mo- you know, when you're seeing Vin Diesel, uh, you know, jump off a a cliff and and land on a on a helicopter that's going to space or whatever. You know, there's just no. You know, it's it's a cartoon, so you you know that there's not going to be any consequences from anything, and you know it doesn't really matter what they do and kind of the visual experience is really what they're banking on to make it, you know, action packed. But, you know, in the case of this movie where it's very simply, obviously, um, hugely, you know, compelling cinematography, I'm not saying it's, it, you know, it's bad or anything, but it's, it's simply just dogfighting and just, you know, airplanes going against each other, flying, you know, kind of high speed, pov stuff and and that's it there's no you know there's rarely even like explosions and that kind of thing you know it's it's really just kind of high octane like imagine like racing you know i, I was thinking about ford v ferrari actually while re-watching this Um, and how that movie in the same way the cinematography really elevates the sort of experience that you would feel in the car you know as you're going that fast around corners and as you're sort of you know your heart's racing and there's this thrill of actually being inside the cockpit if that makes sense um and so you know the the scenarios aren't really what's making the the action it's the sense of danger and it's the sense of Mm -hmm. vulnerability of the characters and the sense of impossibility like i think i think that's one of the things that um star wars does so right in you know star 1977 star wars um the fact that they are literally going up against the empire (laughs) they have nothing they're basically you know doa there's no chance that they're going to, to to hit this. But then there's, you know, uh, like in this movie, you know, the miracle shot or whatever. You know, so there is something very, you know, you want to sort of clap for that. And I think that's at the core of all um, sports movies, too. And all of the, the sort of feel-good-ish, uh, like, subgenre of movies where it's like doing the impossible... Um, so I, I think, I think this really, um, leans into that very hard where other movies have kind of shied away from, um, from that type of filmmaking. I think because for a lot of years that felt old and outdated and a little bit contrived, right? I think, I think in the nineties and two thousands, That way of making a movie was old hat. I don't think it is anymore. Yeah, I think it's what people kind of want. And the other the other part about that that I think is interesting is we've for so long been sort of subverting tropes and doing things differently and uh, changing the way that we look at at the action hero or the you know the 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 story of um you know person up against all odds succeeding that by now the trope is that the trope gets inverted or subverted you know so so there right, there right. is this expectation that a movie like this is going to end with uh you know Tom Cruise being grounded and being punished for the for the bad things he did in the first movie and all that kind of stuff And that's not what we get. We get the classic way of ending a movie like this, which is success, basically. Um, And that, I think, is pretty inspirational for people at a time where they don't see a lot of that in the media that they consume, right?
1: Right, right. Yeah, I think there's definitely a cynical side that brews in critics, right? And I think so much of the conversation around our show is like that varying opinion, right? The split between cinephiles and casuals, right? Like, and how there's this, we're, we're trying to bridge the gap with this podcast, right? Um And it's funny as we're reflecting on like action movies and superhero movies and what's relevant today, the franchise that I can't stop thinking about that I think is, a, is, um, a great representation of the transformation of action movies over time um, is the X-Men franchise, <laughs> actually. Uh-huh. And you can watch the first X-Men movie and see the remains of, like, that 80s action. It's festering in the Matrix time, the Spider-Man 2 time, or the Spider-Man 1 time, right? Where you're 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 kind of seeing a little bit of, like, an all-star cast, um, heroes that are rejects coming together and, you know, trying to achieve the impossible, right? The first X-Men movie feels very 90s. Like, it's it's, it's kind of strange. It, it is really strange. But then, like, where it goes from there, like, it's really trying to shift and meet the, the, the needs of moviegoers, and you see the success of a movie like Logan, which is maybe what I would consider a much more modern action movie that audiences liked, but what it does for the sake of like, like thrill or danger, or maybe the conversation around um, like what we're talking about, where our hero like is vulnerable, like that's been like triple downed on with like the apocalyptic movies and with in, in the tens, those action movies are like, so grounded and depressing and that's like where logan goes and on the flip side of success in action movies um is (laughs) which i'd say is part of the x-men trilogy is like deadpool which is like you're there for the jokes Mm. and the charisma right um the the fear of something actually going wrong isn't the reason that you're involved in that action in the first place Uh, and um I think that's what like, like some of these action franchises have been split to is like, am I gonna be the funny, fun, like brain dead side? And I think that's where Fast and Furious went right. Um, although the first Fast and Furious, I think people say it's much more grounded. I don't think it looks that way. Although I've never seen it, um, I just watched the trailer for the first one last night. And that sounds weird, <laughs> but I was like, I was like, look, I saw Fast and Furious like. Um, well, actually, we were talking about Fast and Furious last night because Jules thought I was watching that uh, instead of mm. Top Gun. And so she's like, I'm not watching that with you. She comes in halfway through. And she's like, why are there jets? I'm like, well, this is Top Gun. And she's like, oh, I thought it was Fast and Furious. And to Juliana's credit, she sat down. She was actually mm. into it. Like halfway through the movie, she was like, I didn't think she was going to watch it. And she was just sitting there like, wow, those are some fast <laughs> jets. And I was like, I know, right? This is kind of crazy. Um but uh, yeah I think like long term action franchises like have been forced to kind of split um right like I don't know like Predator has seen a a big clump of poopy sequels right <laughs> So it's Die you know? Hard <laughs> it's yeah so it's Die Hard right um, and for Top Gun to make a return and be like what what's at the core of, like, this movie franchise. Like, it, it almost overanalyzed what made it successful and then, like, doubled down on on doing it right as if it was made 30 years ago. Um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting to compare, like, where and how action movies have evolved. Talking about the 80s with action is... It's it's nostalgic, but I can't, and I don't know why I want to bring this into the conversation, but I can't stop thinking about Blade Runner, um, which I know isn't really an action movie, but I feel like it was one of those pinnacle points mm-hmm. um, where people went to see a sci-fi, like '80s action movie, and they got something very different. Yeah, they went to see Star Wh- Star were-
0: Wars, but they got like yes <laughs> something much more serious and devastating.
1: Yes. Yes. And the critics were like, "Wow, like we need more of this," right? Um and so we got a lot more of that. <laughs> That's kind of how I feel. And 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 I love Blade Runner, right? That's the other thing. It's like I love Blade Runner. I think there's room for both of There there's room for every kind of action yeah. movie, I would say. Um it's interesting that what Top Gun does as an action movie has somehow been lost in the pursuit of reinventing what action can be. Yeah. Right. Or what a what a blockbuster action movie should be. Um with Marvel dying out, there's a really big opportunity, I think, to learn from the blueprint of what Die Hard did well, what Top Gun Maverick does well, what some of the greatest action movies do well. Um and there's room to like, you know, kind of do a hybrid thing, but I do think um it is hard not to sit and watch this movie and be like, like not super into it, you know? And I, I feel like I've heard that a lot, but I wanted to bring in a review, mm-hmm. Cameron, especially because it wraps into your last point. Cause I've been rambling a little bit, um, about what you're saying about sports and star Wars. Uh, this is a review from Google. We like to do this sometimes on the show is bringing a, a written review that kind of contradicts our opinions. Um, and we've been doing it a little bit for for this year. This is from Jennifer T. Three stars out of five. You know the one star out of five reviews—they're <laughs> stupid. So true. I want to say if you if you write a review with one star and you're like, plot wasn't very realistic. We we read a review together before we started the show. <laughs> it was like an F-14 would never win in a dogfight compared to like an F-22 modern <laughs> like. High, that's like. What are you talking about, dude? Like, like you sound like my friend, my friend Jonathan. Sorry, Jonathan, if you're listening to this. We used to watch movies together. Jonathan was like, "That wasn't very realistic." Like, what are you, what are you talking about, Jonathan? Like, (laughs) like it's a movie. Just I don't know. Well, those are my least Um, favorite.
0: Before you read the review, uh, those are my least favorite sort of kinds of criticism. Is the the extremely pedantic, the extremely, um, uh, like. Mi- yeah, the cinemason style of completely missing the forest for the trees, you know, of being like, oh, this this really, uh, why did they go into this room when uh, it was on the left and it should have been on the right? You're like, you you just didn't even think about the scene at all. You weren't even paying attention. I am. Um...
1: <laughs> I imagine that's what most people think of when I start reviewing movies out loud. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. you didn't even think about what when, <laughs> when you're witnessing. I'm like, no, I didn't, you know, I'm sitting here like, what is this? I guess, you know? I guess
0: but I just, I think it's, I think it's annoying the fact that um, you can't really say anything about that where it's like, you know, they, obviously some of that criticism is okay. You know, some of the sort of plot hole stuff, it's like, fine, 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 whatever. But but to them, that's like the only thing that they care about, you know? One
1: out, One of, out, five. out of five. One and out of you're five.
0: like, just, just ignore that, okay? Just get over it. Like, think about the other stuff that happened in the movie. I don't know. That's just me, though.
1: So. so we picked a yeah. three out of five, right? Jennifer T., thanks to the magic of CGI and Botox, Tom Cruise is back in Top Gun Maverick, passing for an energetic 40-something, 36 years after Top Gun. Nothing new here. Just another predictable guy movie where the good guys always win despite overwhelming odds and the bad guys always explode. You can practically hear the sports fans screaming USA, USA in the background. (laughs) The film shamelessly rips off the Death Star combat scenes from Star Wars. Here, Cruz is Han Solo with the Millennium Falcon dodging explosions and firepower, there's even a crater and a Death Star sweet spot where Cruz, of course, hits the bullseye like nobody else can. We even get Cruz in snowy mountains, uh, in a snowy mountain crash, like Luke Skywalker on the planet Hoth, before the walkers show up. Sounding like Yoda, Cruz even says to another fighter pilot, "Don't think, just do." I keep expecting him to say, "And may the Force be with you." The film hits perhaps because, um. Because battered U.S. egos after the pandemic need some cheering up. (laughs) We miss the way we used to to be when the U.S. was always number one. So pure nostalgia and escape into fantasy land. If you can't suspend your disbelief, you'll be carried along for the ride. It's pretty forgettable and predictable. Maybe some people need predictability after the chaos thanks to the pandemic. A lot of the Google reviews won't get away from the pandemic stuff, by the way. Uh, Especially... New movies, even older movies. I think we read a review that was like, I think it was The Birds, right? They are like, oh, this is reminding me of the pandemic. I was like, we got to get these people off Google (laughs) reviews, man. I don't know what happened. Um, So, yeah, like there's there's kind of a counterpoint. Um, You know what's funny about the sports comparison, Cameron, is you and I both don't watch (laughs) sports. We're not crazy about them. But you and I have been watching the playoff games and the Super Bowl this year. We were were both discussing before, like, that was Yeah, exactly. We were both like, oh, (laughs) man, that was awesome. That was was a great time. I got to say, I mean, just because I guess it's relevant, right? Watching the Super Bowl this year hit Mm, for me. Me too. All right. Not only only was the game kind of good, it was very close, but there were all these little moments in it that somehow string me along, not in some sort of deep meaning, but like that Chris Stapleton, uh, performance. Oh yeah. Like what was star Spangled Banner with the guitar and stuff? I was like, wow, this is actually kind of good, you know? And, um, the game being good, a lot of ads trying to compete with some interesting ideas. Right. Um, I was like, do do I feel icky? Like, (laughs) do I feel bad about myself for enjoying that? You know? (laughs) Um, and I guess some people like just won't ever do it. But I, the older I get, the more I'm like less stuck up about it. And the more I'm like, whatever, you know, like, sure. Sometimes you just got to do that. I only watched, I think, three football games this year. That was enough for me. But I got, I got a great amount out of it. If you want to watch, um, you know... Gosh, what is that? I can't stop thinking about them. What is that movie called? Where they talking at the beginning. I hate it. Uh, and there's like that, the the three story house and some pig oh, barn um, or something. <laughs> I'm thinking
0: of ending things.
1: Yeah. If you want to watch, I'm thinking of ending things like six times in a row, like different. I'm thinking of ending things. Like you better start a podcast like this because I have to endure that. And it's exhausting. <laughs> all right. like I, the, it, Honestly, honestly. Right. I think mixing it up with something pretty casual. Like I don't I actually I now that now because of this show, you know, we've watched a ton of movies and I'm, and I do watch probably more movies than most people now, right? I would feel like if you're really serious about watching movies, aka you go as far to write a review on Google. Like you should kind of be relieved when you come across a movie like this, right? <laughs> I mean, there's really not like <laughs> There's there's really not that much to get upset. Yeah, one hundred percent. Yeah, um, it was like Star Wars. I mean, did you not <laughs> like those movies? <laughs> she just compared it to Episode Four and Episode Five, like some of the, my favorite movies yeah, of all time. No, exactly. You know? And I'm sorry if you if you didn't like them. You know, I uh, I don't know. <laughs> i would have i would have rather watched you know episode four five and i would i would have rather had a you know the new star wars trilogy be clone for clone than what we ended up (laughs) getting you know (laughs) the force awakens like if we got you know the next one was just empire strikes back clone and then return of the jedi clone like there would be thousands of video essays talking about how terrible the the new trilogy was for just copying everything but uh you think somehow Palpatine's return was better? <laughs> like that, that was just sure, like sure. Well, it's not like the other one, but it kind of was also, you know? Yeah, well what did I say <laughs> at the time? Like
0: <laughs> I said it, it was um it was like it it did what Luke did in episode 5 where it cuts open the corpse of a of a dead thing and and hides its body inside of it, you know? That's what uh <laughs> that's what that's what uh Jet, whatever the the la- what is that movie called? Skywalker Returns, or what, what is that? What is that? Stupid oh, Rise yes, of okay. Skywalker. What is oh man, that movie was so bad. Anyways, Last I can't talk about it. Never mind. Um, <laughs> well, I was gonna say, <laughs> so why did you do that? Um, Rise of Skywalker. You know, I hate dude, that movie like, so much. If you t-
1: if you told me there was a scene where there was like six Millennium Falcons flying at the same time. My brain could probably imagine like I was like I think that was in that movie <laughs> like, like even though it wasn't, I was like,
0: I think I could see that actually, you know sure. like um no, well i was gonna I was gonna mention the um yeah i was all I've also been watching sports uh football and the, the super Bowl and some of the playoff games, and it has been interesting only because um you know for me, the dramatic stuff is kind of what I like. Obviously the yeah, yeah the game the super bowl was was interesting. I wasn't rooting for anybody cuz I didn't care, but um right. but the game itself was very um close and had a lot of action and there's a lot of you know turnovers and stuff and that was cool. It wasn't like a runaway game or anything. So, you know, that's that's all great. But the lead up to that with the with the 49ers, obviously, you know, we're a little biased cuz we're in the bay area and so you know i assume you mm. were rooting for the 49ers um but that dramatic story of them you know going burning through all their quarterbacks and Brock Purdy being this you know this low level like third string quarterback who is like you know became undefeated for like 10 games straight that's cool that's drama you know that's the sort of right. the personal intrigue that i like that i was getting out of these um Added, you know, this, you know, watching some of the some of the games. So, um, you know, there is something there that is story fulfilling in that way. Um, but I think, you know, in in some ways, um, well, I was trying to tie it back to Top Gun, but I I couldn't really find a way. I feel like I feel like in some ways it's the same kind of, um story that you're looking for in a in a movie like this where like you said, there's not really anything to be super upset about. Um, you you want you know you want your guy to win and that's that's kind of that. And so I don't know I don't know what this reviewer is really looking for in that she's saying it's the same predictable story over and over again blah blah blah. But what does she really want? In that, um, like this sounds like a person who wants, you know, some of those tropes to be subverted. Um, but is there anything?
1: <laughs> Tom Cruise gets killed
0: with a golf club. Yeah, I mean, yeah. is it is there anything really <laughs> no. um, uh, interesting in that? Either, not really. I mean, is there anything? Is there anything unique about? Um, oh, you know, instead of winning, Tom Cruise dies, and then you know, what whatever whatever else they would do. You know, not really. That's not why you go to a movie like this. You go to a movie like this to have fun and to watch the the good guys win. Okay. <laughs> She wanted to watch
1: the movie from Val Kilmer's perspective.
0: <laughs> We're just sitting behind his desk. <laughs> a family drama about decaying, like yeah, sure, sure, something. and the, I don't know. of course, you know, that's a movie in of in and of itself, and that's cool, that's interesting, and there is something there. And w- in the next couple of weeks, we are going to watch some of those movies,
1: <laughs> where it would be like it would be like watching you know this the the Super Bowl that just played right. 'Cause we were talking about before that we started recording, Cameron and I were talking about the characters, right? <laughs> you were talking about Brock Purdy, but like we watch this game, we don't we're not reading for a team, we're like whatever. But there's like such huge characters yeah, like, on the yeah. field this year, right? Uh the Chiefs coach is like this big fat guy who does he does. He's say got a anything. walrus mustache, He's, got this he's ma- like <laughs> y- yeah, he's got this massive like menu <laughs> in front of him. And you don't know if he's ordering food or calling a play, you know? He's standing there, and he's, like, this very quiet, you know, like, he has no Mm. expression, you know? Um, And the whole time, the announcer's like, this guy's the go. Like, he's really good at what he does. Other team... This young, good-looking, hotshot guy, very fired up. Yeah, every cursing moment, right? and yelling at so the refs got, like, these, and stuff. <laughs> yeah, you got you got all the you got these two characters on the side. Then you have like, okay, one of the quarterbacks is injured with his ankle, and oh, there's all this drama. Like, we don't even know what's gonna happen. Can he even play one more time? <laughs> right? And there's all this like, there's all these like, there's different characters on the field. At the end of the day, like somebody wins, they blow up a lot of fireworks and. The and the show's over. It's a football <laughs> game, you know. Uh, yeah, really, yeah, really. Exactly. You know, it, I feel like the audience was like, I wanted to see like, you know, a singular perspective from the fat coach, like struggling with like diabetes or something. You know, like like his interpersonal drama, like like the camera runs off where he takes a phone call from you know, his daughter who's in prison or something. I'm at the Super Bowl. This is, you know, my, my fifth attempt trying to win. And, you know, then he, he, he you know, secretly shows his opium addiction on the side or something. I don't know, like just something dark and depressing. It's like, it's the Super Bowl, you know? You got those characters on the side. We don't need to go too yeah. deep into yeah. it. They're going to play the game, you know. By the way, no <laughs> offense to the Chiefs coach. I know nothing about him. I'm sorry. <laughs> Writing this very dark story. No, he, I mean. Obviously well, I was going to say, I like the, him,
0: but. Um, the lady who's you know she has two sons playing on opposite teams in the super bowl like isn't that awesome you oh, know yeah. that's so no, no, funny no. you know and she's like she's like i'm just <laughs> here so that everybody has fun you know and that's that's like me you know i'm like ah i want everybody to have a good time <laughs> you know so I, I don't know to to me um that's why you watch something like this that's why you watch football game you know you you want you want your team to win you want there to be some sort of um, hoorah, um, you know, kind of getting around this, this singular objective. Um, and that's why you watch a movie like Top Gun Maverick. I mean, it's, it's completely transparent and there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's perfectly, in fact, I would say not just nothing wrong with that. It's totally admirable in, in a world where there's, there's not really that much like it. Um, in the modern film landscape, everything is much more cynical than this movie is, and it's refreshing to have a movie that's not at all cynical. <laughs> that is just an enjoyable time. So, um, yeah. I guess that's all I have to say about it. It's it's more so um, just a um, just a really heartwarming and enjoyable movie, and there's there's nothing wrong with that. You can't can't find anything wrong with that.
1: I think the other thing that... And the reason I wanted to go on and on about the football thing is... I understand why people don't want to watch football. So maybe I could understand why they wouldn't want to watch this movie. But the older I've gotten, and the more I've kind of just (laughs) sat back and been like, you know, whatever. The more I could appreciate something... Like football, I'm not gonna say it's what I would. I wouldn't put that as my number one. You know, oh, I just, I just have to watch this. You know, I'm like, if I miss it, whatever. You know, Um, but I'm not gonna like bash it for being like, wow, another game with with buff guys hitting each other, like so predictable. <laughs> one of them won. You know, like yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. Like you know, like I it. it, it <laughs> I don't. I I think the other thing is, is like there's really you can't really expect anything else from it. Um, but my encouragement for people that maybe didn't like this movie is that there is a way to to enjoy, you know, football when you don't like it, and there's probably a way to enjoy Top Gun Maverick if if you didn't like it either. Um, maybe just you know let go, just let it let it take you for the yeah. ride. Um, I think movies are much more enjoyable when you do that anyways. Even the ones that want to make you think. And I would say movies the best movies are the ones that let you sit back and just kind of take them in and feel them and then let you overanalyze them as well. Um I think that is what sparked me into getting into like analyzing film, you know, and talking about it with you, Cameron is I had a couple of those experiences where, as a casual, I watched a movie. I kind of just let it like wash over me, right? And I was like, I, I liked that, and I don't know why, you know. Uh, and then you kind of revisit it, and there's just like these layers that get deeper and deeper. Top Gun is not that movie, uh, but it can at least you can. If you can't enjoy it because you're, like, hungry for those layers, like, right away, you know, like, you got to get back to, like, kind of that beginner mindset (laughs) a little bit and just, like, I don't know, like, it makes me feel like some of the movies that, like, clicked with me early on, like, wouldn't be loved by critics or something, you know? I'm I'm thinking about um, Drive in particular, which Juzo gave me as a gift recently. Um, When I first watched that movie in college, I bring this movie up a lot. I just I remember thinking like, wow, like that was really intense. It really like took me for this roller coaster ride, uh, and I'm not really sure like what to think, but I think I did like it, you know. And then to go back and analyze it you're like, wow, like what originally seemed like a very awkward scene actually feels quite tense. The acting feels a lot more directed than I expected, right? Um, There's a lot of emotion acted in each scene when originally you kind of felt like you're looking at mannequins, right? Um, Yeah, it just... I don't know. I don't know. I just... um, I think Hmm. there's something to that. I guess it's a challenge. You know, it's a challenge. If this if this movie was unbearable for you, um, challenge yourself to just just flow with it, Cameron. If this movie maybe is just too patriotic, <laughs> too, you know, too, you know, uh, redneck, all American, jingoistic, gung ho. Yeah. If there is there a movie that you would recommend as a challenge for uh, a listener to be like? watch this and just let it kind of wash Just like feel it. Just like let go for the ride. Cause I can think of a few, but I want to, well, I was
0: thinking sort of as a counterpoint, um, of this movie where it's one that is, is totally the opposite of, um, sort of the, the raucous, um, hoorah action movie that, you know, that we wanted from this movie. um, was was the deer hunter, and I think I think it's one that you know. If this doesn't vibe with you, the feeling of impending mm. nostalgia and dread and doom <laughs> and kind of this looking back of of uh, like fondness and sadness and looking towards a lost era. I mean, you know, this is that's that's the counterpoint to this movie,
1: <laughs> pretty much exactly. Oh, all so right.
0: um, yeah, so that that's kind of. I don't know. I love that movie in that it's kind of the opposite side of nostalgia that this movie is, um,
1: which is pretty Mm. interesting. My reaction when watching this was very much like, wow. You know, like that's how I felt. I was just like, wow. You know, like I was watching it and I was like, "Okay," you know, Um, cool. (laughs) I like it. Yeah. You know. And if you didn't get that, if you weren't able to get there with this movie, like I think there are other movies that you, if you walk in like trying to look for that, you can find it. I my opinion is that Barry Lending can do the same thing for you. <laughs> is um, that true? It is. It is very boring. It. I would say it is not like. Action packed, but if you're looking for more of a drama movie to kind of be like, wow, that's so funny, uh, and you can get over the fact that there's a bunch of like wigs and all that. Uh, I, I just, I that, that that was like a similar reaction. I remember watching Mary Lyndon and just being like, wow, <laughs> you know, like and just kind of just vibing with it. I swear, I do not smoke weed. I've never <laughs> that's smoked hilarious. weed. It's right? just so funny. I just, uh, I just <laughs> that's your t- that's the uh, that I would never have even. <laughs>
0: Uh, if you if you didn't like the most thrilling movie of the last 20 years, how about the most boring movie of the last
1: 50? No, I'm, <laughs> I'm what I'm trying to say is what I'm trying to say is it's not about the action level. What I'm trying to get at is that that viewing experience of just kind of kicking back and letting it like flow. Okay. You know? Because I think I think of the person that would write a review like this they clearly weren't letting it just do whatever it wanted to do. Instead they were sitting there like why is this movie like just so predictable and why is this movie so so I'm trying to think of like movies that you can kick back and just be like <laughs> okay, like I'm just I'm not going to judge it. You know, I'm just going to let it cuz I do know that if you watch another movie like like I could like we reviewed everything everywhere last week. You can't just sit back and like No, no not whatever. at all. <laughs> like it kind of de- it kind of demands you to like yeah. engage with it in some sort of way. Um I don't think that this movie demands you to engage with it. Uh I think I you think can I think you just get wrapped in, just, in with the things that You I get have. wrapped in in this very like casual way where by the end you're like I was I was there for that, you know? Um And so that was my that is why I recommended Barry Lyndon because I'm like if you want to practice that you could do it with a movie that's very different, but it's that same exercise you know Um, of being of just sitting back and being like I'm gonna like I'm just gonna flow with this movie. It's a very interesting Um, uh,
0: recommendation. Well, if now that you know
1: what I've cl- when that I've clarified why I recommended it, Cameron, what movies would you recommend to challenge viewers to sort of <sighs> sit, uh, sit have back that? and
0: vibe with it?
1: Um, um, hmm. my vote for you would probably be the oh, thing, oh, for sure, because yeah, you always sure. love, I, l- I the do thing, love the thing, right. Yeah. That movie, it's a little tense, and I do. Th- but like, if you sit back and just kind of enjoy, like, I really feel like you can't have a bad viewing. experience with Yeah, I, with that I movie. agree. You well, know? that th- that one's and interesting because um, it they're
0: like this movie. It's not it's not ultra deep, um, but it it really does keep you right. on the edge of your seat. It grips you. It gives you this sort of um like stomach churning feeling of like, oh, like I I'm so on board with Kurt Russell, but I'm like I'm so tense right now. I want him to win, basically, you know, in the same way that this movie yeah, so yeah. I, I think that's I think that's a good yeah. one. I would say um I was thinking about like something like Memory is a Murder or maybe Mother, um hmm. where it's like it it's totally a you know it's this movie that for a lot of people for most people maybe and i guess maybe parasite is is more so this people for or this movie for for most people but it's it's a movie that gets you a little bit outside of your com- comfort zone you know it's subtitled it's um you know foreign and there's kind of this this language and culture barrier a little bit but the the things that it's doing are so gripping and so interesting that it it drives you um, towards the story. And I think for for the entire thing, you could just sit back and let it take you where it takes you. Um, for Parasite and for Memories of Murder and for
1: um, for Mother as well. So, I don't know. I didn't... I felt like with those movies, I couldn't do that because of how much they pull yeah. you outside the box. And, and I think that's just Korean cinema. Um, I'm trying to find movies on the list that we've watched that I, w- I just felt like I just sat like Pat, like Paddington. Yeah. Like th- those two movies, I would say if you're like sitting, like, I think it also helps that it's like most kids movies. If you don't just sit back and enjoy it and you're like, this is a critic like I'm going to criticize this movie. what is, What is this movie really trying to say? Like, okay, really dude? Like just, just relax a little bit, you know? Um, those would be great choices because uh, I, I don't want to just say like, well, if you have that opinion, you're wrong. I think maybe just speaking from experience, trying to change the way that you consume a movie in order to like mm-hmm. get it. Um, I have done that enough on this show <laughs> <laughs> for movies that you probably sure. like, you know, and uh, I can say sometimes it does win you over, yeah. you know. Um,
0: well, I will say, um, you know, I guess kind of moving,
1: moving on slightly. Oh, I got, I got the perfect okay. recommendation for you. Here is a great example of what I'm talking about. And we, we, we did an episode on this. I hate musicals West side story, mm. 2021
0: for, I sure. walked
1: into this theater and I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I don't even like, I don't even want to watch a movie like this. I hate <laughs> singing. I hate everything about this. I just kicked back, and you know what? It was amazing. <laughs> like, it was yeah, really yeah. good. Uh, I think, like, that. that is the kind of experience where you're like, I should do that sure. more often. So mm-hmm. it's just a challenge. It's just a challenge out there. You know, if you, if you hated this movie, I'm not saying go back and watch it. I'm saying try another movie that's, a, like more surface level and just kick back and like mm. take it yeah for what it is. And you can find a lot of, a lot to love in an experience like that. That is the experience I had with the violent Santa Claus movie <laughs> I watched this year. <laughs> violent well, nights, uh, Vi- violent night. Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't what <laughs> predictable and very, very stupid, you know, like, well, okay. Like you, you kind of ruin the experience sure, for yourself sure. at that point. Well, right? I was
0: going to say, um, so yeah, that, that's a that's a really good one, West Side Story. I think, for one, you know, people aren't really used to musicals. Um, but I think the every the construction of that movie is so so done so well. Um, it's hard for someone even who hates musicals like you to not just appreciate a lot of that. So yeah, that's a good one. Um, but what okay. I was going to say was um, sort of transitioning until un- into what we're gonna talk about next week um, which is a movie that is completely different and uh, a little bit unusual and might require some of your brain um, <laughs> which is tar um, And it's one that I think um, I'm interested to see your thoughts about it because for one I'm expect I don't know if I'm expecting you to not like it, um, I really have no idea what you're gonna think about this movie, actually. Um mm. for one, I think it's it's a little bit it's I really liked it, but it's hard for even me to describe why I liked it. Um so I'm curious to okay. see what you might think. Um and yeah, we'll just we'll we'll go from there. But um it's a really unusual Horror? movie, I would say.
1: Tar has music in yes. it, right? There's one thing I would be what? upset about if I didn't bring up the music in Top oh, Gun. Mm, true. Uh, I, you know, <laughs> for as much praise as we've given it, I hated really the music in this movie. <laughs> is that true? I what? hate the Top Gun theme. <laughs> I so hate funny. it. I think it is so bad. Uh, and I, if I hear one more person play it on guitar, I, I'm i just mad. I just, just don't so like funny. it. I think it is melodically droning absolute <laughs> nails on the chalkboard. And a lot of this movie's score <laughs> sounds like a Transformers movie. You can't even, like, don't well, I even. Totally try to argue with me. I this totally disagree. I totally disagree. This movie sounds like a Transformers they, movie. I love
0: that they use um, that. Uh, uh, danger zone as like one of their sc- scoring piece. I think it's just hilarious. Hold a lot on, of their, a lot on, of the music choice on. is like,
1: is almost like too ironic because it's awesome. I am I'm not saying, I'm not saying the soundtrack. I'm saying the score. Y- no,
0: I know. But the, sc- but I the score, made- they use the, they use danger zone as like a main theme of the score.
1: No, they just licensed the song. No, no, no. I know they did. The movie.
0: But and that's from the original movie. But the, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in the I got but, problem but with But what Danger I'm saying Zone. is that's in the score <laughs> is the melody to Danger Zone as well. <laughs> did you not notice that? Okay, no. well, I didn't hear that. No. See, but it's I awesome. It but and all it's I Hans Zimmer, that... you know, and it's just it's sick. It's so, Boo. Boo, it's, so it's
1: so good. Boo. Boo, Hans Zimmer. Stop overworking your interns.
0: I think you're actually right.
1: crazy if you think that it's bad. <laughs> <laughs> I hate the Top Gun <laughs> theme song. That's so funny. I hate I, it. I
0: don't understand why, but. <laughs> 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 oh. Oh. Why would you well, like to? Well, I'm just that like, song? for one, obviously the nostalgia factor is there, right? You know, it's 80s, it's got this, you know, it just has something kind of cool about it, you know? Um, but also, you know, it's just, it just, it works well. They, it uses, it uses music and the score like an eighties movie. You know what I mean? It, it like totally underscores all of the, the like censorious beats. It, You know, uses it to amplify those action moments. Like it's, it does, it does it so well. I
1: think you're crazy. You're going, you're going on. (laughs) I. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. Okay. I think the original Top Gun must have skimped on the budget for the music, the scoring. You know, because like the theme is like, it sounds like, it sounds like like you accidentally press the play button on a keyboard (laughs) and it started playing. Like, I just hate the melody. Like I just hate it. What's hilarious is, um, uh, I'm curious to see.
0: So I think you would have the same criticism obviously for the, for the original movie. Um, but what's even better about that movie, not the Top Gun score that they use the song, take my breath away. Literally every scene. Like it's, it's, it's like so obnoxious. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. And uh, like every time there's a there's a woman on screen, it's like, take my breath away. <laughs> it's like, ah oh. <laughs> like why? Like the first time it's cool and then, then the, the like sixth time it starts playing, you're like, Oh my goodness, get over yourself. <laughs> but Dang. um no, I think you're I think you're just had to you're say super that. wrong. Um because obviously, I know. I know. Obviously, Hans hate Zimmer for that. Is, but, uh, is amazing, and a he can legend. never do any wrong. So. He's
1: a legend. Yeah, no. Yeah, he can. No, I disagree. He Definitely can. I'll tell you that. Um, most of the people that actually listen to his compositions would tell you that he's got some stinkers. <laughs> okay. All right.
0: <laughs> what are his stinkers? Name name top one worst stinker. Here Hans Zimmer's you asked worst for song.
1: It. Let's let's do it. <laughs> I am go I'm going right now. I'm mad. I am mad. Okay. <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's see. What are they what does he got here? All right, all right. Yeah, Dark Knight trilogy. Very good. Very, very good. All right. Um also, Kung Fu Panda score, True. very good. Yep. I just want to say that. Kung Fu Panda score, okay. legendary. Uguay Ascends, <laughs> one of my favorite <laughs> tracks from Hans Zimmer. I don't know if he wrote I it or, you're just, you know. you're just uh, proving right. my point, but continue. <laughs> the Prince of Aegis. <laughs> no, I'm not saying he, he is a great composer, all right? He is a great composer. I absolutely love most of his music. Okay, he did not he did not come up with the Top Gun theme. No, he didn't. He, he did didn't. Not. Okay? <laughs> Thank goodness. And I respect him for that, all right? Oh my gosh, it's just Greatest Hits. He's only got Greatest <laughs> Hits records. All right, let's see the albums. All right. Um no, that scoring for something Okay, Top Gun Maverick, Survivor, don't know what that is. We are going to find something. I am going to ramble till I find something on here. All right, Dune I super agree. good. No time to die, very very good score. Here's here's right. a stinker. Here's a stinker. The, boss baby family that, no, business. I don't even
0: know. I bet that one slaps to be honest. I I bet the music is really good. Um Wonder Woman 19 I was going to say Wonder Woman but even more so Batman v Superman Donna Justice okay that's a stinker <laughs> I know you don't you
1: don't need to tell me that's right? a bad bad he, oh, he and is, man of steel he, is bad too He's got some real stains <laughs> on his name that no one wants to talk about I won't uh-huh. I will say it I will say it out loud <laughs> All right, you know what it is though. Hans Zimmer's just yeah, on everything. No, exactly. So, at this point, what is he even actually writing? He just has a, a house of of producers that are that are just writing stuff for him. You know, well, he. I have heard. I have heard, and most people know this that he usually starts with like one, you know, track, um, and that's what happened with his iconic. Modern <laughs> Warfare 2 score, which he wrote the over the over no, I'm serious. The Modern Warfare 2 score is iconic. Yeah, you no, cannot it's, it's deny good. it. All right. It has been used in memes for over 10 wait. Oh my goodness. 14 <laughs> years at this point, right? Um and he didn't even write like he wrote the the overture. Um and that's it. The rest like didn't go. It was all credited to him, but it was some other guy, uh, which I think is wrong. <sighs> How about the Chappie soundtrack? Uh, I didn't Remember see Chappie,
0: one? but, you know, that
1: movie <laughs> I, I heard was bad, so. Def, defend Hans Zimmer again, all right? I actually do want to say Man of Steel score. Kind of, you know, I, I, I think I had a couple songs eh. from that one. Maybe. On, my, on a playlist. But the Lone Ranger, come on, no, no, I didn't see I, stinky. I didn't say stinky, that, stinky that either. So
0: stinky, I stinky. I feel like the one thing you know. Well, never mind. This is getting off topic. Okay, we're talking about Hans Zimmer. <laughs> He's great. I will never, I will never speak a bad word to the person who made the uh, Prince of Egypt soundtrack. Uh, who made the Pirates of the Caribbean theme? Who made the bat? All the Batman stuff. Who made the Interstellar score? Okay, you can't even you can't even top that. You can't top it.
1: I I, I ain't gonna lie. I think Ugué <laughs> Ascends is better than the Interstellar score. <laughs> I, I won't lie to you there. You can't listen to Ugué Ascends and be like, yeah, you know. Uh, I want to hear like the freaking. I do, I do want to hear that. You know, like
0: I'm gonna listen to it after this. Okay. I just
1: (laughs) (laughs) no the the interstellar score is really good. Um, yeah, Hans Zimmer. By the way, all of you guys need to check out this record from Hans Zimmer, 2005, Hans Zimmer: The British Years. Don't you want to listen to that, Cameron?
0: You know, I saw. Did, did I ever no one else does. Just, <laughs> did I ever tell so you I bad, saw him dude, in what concert? Is that? that was sick. it no. was awesome. Right. He did like all of his hits. Nice. He had a big orchestra. It was sick.
1: Me and Juzo went to that. I just I just wanna say everybody knows that Hans Zimmer is not the goat <laughs> anymore. <All right.
0: laughs> it's Ennio Morcone, he's the goat he's got some
1: stinkers too though I but, guess so yeah. I like that Ludwig Ludwig Gorson guy very modern sound he did the um, the uh, the Mandalorian theme mm. which I thought was he also did quite Tenet. good looks like yep yep which people were like wow Hans Zimmer's back <laughs> It's yeah. Like, yeah, of Pretty course. Much. That's what you think. I l-
0: yeah. I really like that guy. Um uh he died though. That that guy Johan Johansson. You know that guy? He did Mandy, he did uh Arrival, you know, the the No 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 no. He did all this. <laughs> I really like that guy. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but he he died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arrival was good. I think Me about too. Arrival I a lot actually. <laughs> yeah. That one that one sticks in your mind for a little while. I've been thinking about it a lot with oh, all yeah, the UFOs being sure. shot down, but we could riff for another hour, and that's why, <laughs> you know, that's why we try to limit our conversation to one movie. You can see how good we are at that. Yeah, Ludwig Ludwig did the Black Panther theme, which I think is super <laughs> good. All right. The the Black Panther score made that movie mm. much mm. better. It did. Like every time that uh um uh killmongers on screen and like the trap music is like <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know like it's like oh whoa, that should know? be
0: a that should be a topic for us we should talk about it's movies books. that were were would have been maybe bad if it weren't for the score
1: <laughs> you know i'm changing my review top gun maverick <laughs> terrible Using the Top Gun theme, I I don't don't get it. I don't understand. (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) I think it was really the part where he was riding the motorcycle on the airfield, where they're just they're playing the theme song, and I was like, "Ugh, you're crazy." This uh, is
0: I don't understand.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Ugh, yucky, stinky. All right, well, we post every Tuesday. Cameron's going to kill me. <laughs> Maybe we won't post next Tuesday because I'll be dead. Um. Yep, we appreciate your guys' support. Thank you for listening all the way to the end of the episode, getting tilted with us, listening to us talk about football, um, making fun of a coach that he didn't deserve, didn't deserve it. It. He won,
0: okay? And, he's on cloud nine. He'll never hear this, but you
1: know, he's, he's having a, gr- I'm glad he's he having a great I'm glad time this weekend. Okay? You know what? Even if he did hear this episode... He would have no reaction. That's true. I just, that's I, I, I kind of get that vibe. Like, I think he would just straight face and be like, "Yeah." Mm. He if would, I if, if I was making like
0: know. the blind side again or something, I would cast him as a role. Like he'd be the coach or something. You know what I mean? He's just <laughs> look at. I mean, he is perfect. He's perfect
1: the way he is. <laughs> get that Georgia the Jungle yeah. guy to play him yeah. or something. You know, sure. The whale or whatever. Brendan oh, Fraser, yeah. right? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> Just put a must, <laughs> put a mustache on him. <laughs> oh. oh man. Okay. All right. Well <laughs> we will see you guys next week. Until then, have a good one.